0: Talk Live. Come and watch us there and join the conversation live with us in real time. Your participation helps drive the conversation. Now, let's get on with today's show. Hey, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Cloud Talk Live. Everyone, my name is, as you know, Jeff DeVerter, and I'm the Chief Technology Evangelist here at Rackspace Technology. Oh, boy, have we got us a good one today. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Something that's very different than what we normally do and uh and will be a trend for what we're doing in the future as i just saw there i want you to introduce yourself in the comments below would love to know who's here and where you're from and as always if you want to get a hold of us over here at the rackspace solve program super easy just shoot an email over to solve at rackspace.com easy way to get a hold of me now you may hear I'm a little scratchy today i've been sick since we hung out together last but uh Hopefully I can, uh, the voice will hold it through our episode here this morning. Now, as always, we have uh, a lot of the normal stuff and a great guest for you today. I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. Uh, Luis from San Antonio is here. Luis, you ready for some cold weather? It is coming. Uh, We got Rob from Houston is here. Glad you are here, Rob. Uh, Hopefully at some point you can get paroled out of Houston like I did. (laughs) And uh, let's see who else. Let's move on. All right. So next is, let's start with this week in tech. It's all of the news that's news that you need to know and why it's important to you. And this one is super duper interesting folks. I don't know if you saw this uh, announced yesterday, they started talking about it at the end of last year. And, uh, and this one is that uh, Vista equity partners and another couple of minor partners have gone in to buy Citrix. Now we know Citrix as this virtualization platform. Hey, Melkett, glad you're here uh, uh, virtualization platform. We know it's about virtual desktops and such. Well, it's been bought from. Hey, Racker from Minneapolis, I'm a former Racker. Oh, glad you're here, Norman. Um, and. Uh, uh, But they have bought Citrix or in the process of buying Citrix, and they're going to actually be combining it with an acquisition they made a couple of years ago, TIBCO, a little two million dollar acquisition back in 2014, ultimately to create this 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 business dynamics and uh, analytics powerhouse ultimately they're also combining it with another collaboration platform some really cool stuff that's going on and they're making my point the point i keep making uh, over and over hey christine hey she's here to see jackie of course she is um and uh, and what is it that i keep saying i keep saying that it's all about cloud specialization this year we're seeing more and more specialty offerings and now we're seeing these these massive um private equity firms piecing together disparate uh, companies to create these. So super interesting what's going on here. Now, so pay attention to that. You're going to see much more like this uh, coming this year. Now, also, if you have a, or in your life, either directly your child or someone else's, a child between eight and 12 or 13 years old, you know what Roblox is. It's an online interactive game thing. Well, uh, they had a really significant uh, global outage last fall. And hey, Kevin Griggs. Kevin Griggs, face here. I'm oh, so glad to see you, Kevin. Hope you're doing well. well they had a big outage. And, uh, and earlier this month, they posted the uh, a very detailed post-mortem and it was really interesting. So a little bit of background. Whenever you go in to play this game and you spin up a new app, what they're actually doing is they are provisioning infrastructure geographically closest as possible to where the players are from there. Hey, Brooklyn. Glad that you're here. Former uh, former Racker, so glad you were here. Well, um, and to give you a a sense of what they do, they've got, of course, servers. Everybody's got servers, but they're running generally a container-based infrastructure to run all of that. Now, to give you a sense of scale, 18,000 physical servers in their data centers around the world, as well as 170,000 containers to make all this stuff happen. Well, they just hit a massive disaster, three-day outage uh, last fall. In it, and what it, of course, the reason I, I call this out, and if you're in infrastructure, if you're in development, I'd love for you to go over to, I'll show you the link in a second, where you can um, uh, click through and read this whole whole thing. But ultimately, they started in, in, when they're having the issues by doing what everyone does, and that's blaming the infrastructure. They tried um, uh, the control infrastructure. They tried giving it more, uh, uh, more horsepower. They tried pulling it away. They tried reconfiguration. And ultimately what happened was it went back to uh it went back to challenges that they were experiencing or they had in just configuration, how logging was happening, not freeing up disk space in those logs. Go look through that if this is the kind of thing that is interest to you, especially if you work in software-defined infrastructure, because the details. Oh, gosh, the details matter. Hey, Ryan from Bristol in the UK. I am glad that you are here with us today. So if you guys want to... <coughs> sorry, there's that cold again. If you want to read about this, the link will be coming up shortly. But just go over to rackspace.com solve slash 89. This is episode 89. Welcome to episode 89, everybody. All right. With that, let's move on to the cloud releases. What's new from our cloud providers? Well, over at AWS, Amazon Kinesis Data Firehose now delivers to Honeycomb. I have to tell you, I really enjoy bringing up the AWS ones because I just like reading their names. Who thinks of naming things Kinesis Data Firehose going to Honeycomb? It's crazy town. Well, what Kinesis is, of course, Kinesis Firehose is a way to take all the streaming data and shove it into different locations, specifically data warehousing and such. Well, Honeycomb is a, um, is a logging and analytics uh, uh, service there so that you can uh, really pay attention to what's happening with all the streaming data that's coming in. And if you go back to our previous example, we talk about Roblox. You know, when you're working on a scale of 170,000 containers and you start having issues, you're not going container by container. It takes some level of streaming log service that you can do analytics against, much like this, to be able to get the information that you need. And they talk about that inside of there and show some of their dashboards. Really think you should go read that article. Now, over at Azure... Azure Maps now has a new feature and that is historical weather and air quality and tropical storm information for back as many as five to 40 years. Now, this service is being provided by AccuWeather. They're back-ending it and have fed that data into Azure. But now with a a single API call, you actually have the ability to get up to 31 days of historical information that, you know, again, could include temperature, precipitation, snowfall, uh, snow depth, water, uh, air quality, all sorts of stuff. So more and more features showing up over in Azure Maps. So go check those out. All of these links are available uh, over at uh, the Solve website. And then lastly, from Google, uh, hey, Philip's here. Good morning, Philip. Glad that you are here as well. Google Anthos Service Mesh Dashboards in Cloud Console now supports cross clusters. That'd be Anthos over on uh, vSphere as well as on bare metal, which is great. Hey, Manesh from Austin, I'm glad that you're here today. All right. Well, folks, that takes us over to, well, here's that link going over to rackspace.com slash solve slash 87 or, oh, it's supposed to say 89. I didn't update that. Think 89 people. Don't look at that screen right there. I missed one. There's like five I need to update in this presentation to do this right, but slash 89. All right. The job of the day. If you guys are looking for a new job in tech and you're in the application space and you know a little something, something about Sitecore, well, you may want to head over to rackspace.com slash solve slash 89 and learn about this job. This is a Sitecore architect. Now, uh, Rackspace application architects are the final authority here at Rackspace uh, that represent the final authority and the highest level of knowledge for our e-commerce and content management uh, support here at Rackspace. You're architecting solutions for customers, sometimes doing some debugging and helping if there are challenges. So I encourage you to go check that stuff out. Um, Hey, here's an interesting comment from Susan. She says says that uh, ClearCom uh, can work in conjunction with AWS to ensure company outages don't occur. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Go we'll check that out. All right. Hey, look, it's the right number. I love that. So go over to rackspace.com solve slash 89 if you want to learn more about um, this job, if you want to uh, learn about more of any of those cloud updates or the news articles that we talked about. Hey, LinkedIn user, I can't see your name, but I'm glad that you're here. Well, uh, as we started this year, of course, we now take the audio from all of these live sessions and we shove them into the uh, podcast channel. So if you're not already subscribed and you missed one of these, go subscribe to Cloud Talk, anywhere where you find uh, podcasts, and you can get that. Now, also, you're going to want to do that anyway, because last week we released a new podcast, not one of these live things, of a conversation I had with uh, Suresh Ranguram, and he is the Chief Growth Officer over at a containers, applica- or containers company. Um, uh, called uh, Platform 9. And I cannot recommend that company enough or that that episode. The conversation is super fascinating. The life in tech that Suresh has led is super duper interesting. Hey, Santosh, good morning. Uh, pro server from Singapore. Oh, you're up late or up early. I can never tell the time. All right. Well, that brings us on to our, uh, our cloud conversation in discussion and this starts a whole new series for us over here now i'm about to bring up jackie campbell (laughs) now this is part if you saw our advertising yesterday mentioning this episode this is women in tech tuesday first tuesday of the month if not more, we'll bring up uh, an accomplished, amazing woman women working in tech. And uh, I could think of no one better to bring up to kick this off than uh, a woman I get to work with on a daily basis, partner in crime. Um, we talk to ourselves, not to each other, but to ourselves and work. Uh, and her name is Jackie Campbell. And uh, so why don't we go ahead and bring Jackie up to the stage if we could? Jackie, welcome to Cloud Talk Live. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you you came here. Now, if we're going to tell the truth, of course, um, you agreed to this without me actually telling you what you were agreeing to, because I thought you might be a little nervous.
1: Yeah, you asked me to say yes before you asked, And because I trust you, I said yes. And then I regretted it.
0: <laughs> and then you regretted it. But here you are. And thanks so much for coming. And you brought friends.
1: Yes. So there are some. So Christine Coleson and one of our former rockers in Brooklyn. So thank you guys for being here and the support. And then also other rockers that were messaging me and sending me good wishes this morning.
0: So fun. Now, um, you know, the, the tech industry is one that still is predominantly um, uh, employing uh, men, women, are a minority in that. Uh, part of our goal here is to help make sure that lights get shined where it needs to be shined. And you have had a really interesting career. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you here, because uh, whether whether we're talking a, a woman or a man, it's an amazing career. And I think it, it deserves to be sort of highlighted here. But it started for you with education uh, at all Miss, we were chatting about that before, uh, and uh, um, and then off to a master's degree here in uh, in San Antonio. So, so what has what part? How have you seen education fitting into your career and uh, and having been a benefit to you as you've you've moved into tech?
1: So the education's played a major part of my career from like an early age as a child. My parents always ingraining that in me of just going ahead and always being willing to learn and always wanting to learn and understanding what takes place and never thinking any question is stupid or dumb. Just raise your hand and ask it. If you don't ask, you're never going to know. So going ahead and really holding those different methodologies with me growing up, it's played a huge part, especially within the tech industry. Everything's changing. You're always learning. Nothing is stagnant. So when I'm in meetings and I'm in a ton of meetings a day. I will go ahead and ask the questions and then get pinged. Thank you for asking that. I had no idea what was going on. And I just am thankful for my parents for just ingraining that in me as a small child so I can carry that through my life.
0: That's awesome. Now, the, the role that you have now is, um, is, is is affectionately chief of staff to the chief product officer here at Rackspace, a non-trivial uh, role to have. Um, if we were at Microsoft, your ter- title would be business manager, which I think uh, I, I actually sort of prefer a little bit because that means you know your role is looking after the business of, in this case, the chief product officer, because that, that gentleman here at Rackspace, his name is Josh Pruitt, which means you're sort of with Josh most. Most of the day in meetings, following around making and as he may is making commitments in different meetings, ultimately, it's you that is helping to ensure that everything lines up behind that to ensure that that from a product perspective, we're able to deliver what we need to deliver a pretty intense job.
1: It can be (laughs) it can be a pretty intense job. The really amazing thing about my role is I work with a ton of leaders cross functionally throughout the business. And knowing that I have their support, I have Josh's support. And if I need to make a decision that may not be um, the most favorite decision of the business, I know that my leadership has my back and that I have to look out of what's best for the company long term strategy. So it's, it can definitely get crazy and intense, but it's a ton of fun. And I love having to think on my feet and work on different things. Uh, one of my mentors, um, Michelle Peterson, who is the um, chief of staff to our CEO, she's told me that if the best thing about our position is that we're utility leaders. We get placed where we need to go and that we will go ahead and ensure that the strategy gets executed across the way.
0: Well, and so you didn't come, also, if we put some context to this, you didn't come straight out of university card word into this illustrious position. I mean, you're almost a 10-year racker now. What was your first job at Rackspace?
1: I was an S&B cloud IB sales. So what does that mean here, to
0: somebody who's not a racker?
1: I was in our small to medium business and working strictly on our OSPC business, so basically the cloud. So I came right. in having to learn the cloud, understand the cloud, and it was our smaller customers in a much more transactional base.
0: Right. And then if you were to, if anybody goes to LinkedIn and looks up Jackie, and you should because you need to be Jackie's friend, um, <laughs> what you'll find is a, is a progression of jobs that each time it's just a click farther north and a click farther north. And here you find yourself as this utility, you call it, you know, you, Michelle called it a utility player. And at it almost, I, it, I almost don't like it because it almost sounds like a little demeaning, but it's not because it's getting the things done that need to be done in a way that that you get to color outside the the um, outside of the organizational lines a lot of times and just get everybody lined up to execute the strategy. Yep, that's exactly it. Now you spend you, you mentioned you're in meetings a lot of the day. A lot of those meetings are with our CEO, reading out you know, how projects are going along, you are giving the status of things. I mean, it's literally you looking straight at Kevin, the CEO and giving the updates to the, to the, the team that's there. That's an intense job.
1: Yes. So it can be intense, but I mean one of the biggest things I will tell anybody and everybody is to get amazing mentors that can really help you along the way. And I've been fortunate enough throughout my career to have those mentors that We'll go ahead and coach you and guide you and cheer you on while you're in these meetings. So when I first started presenting to Kevin, um, I was at that time actually reporting to Josh Pruitt before he was our chief product officer. And Josh basically walked me through how to present what what, um, Kevin would be looking for and to make sure that I felt comfortable in that type of environment because it was my first time in the C-suite. And then once I was in there, I had a lot of female mentors that were also in that c-suite and christine cobleson being one of them melissa runty um michelle peterson and they would cheer me on in there so after i present i would get yes queen or yes that's how you do and it just helped bolster the confidence of okay i got this this work now rinse and repeat
0: yeah awesome and uh, and then when things wouldn't go well, you just adjust and make it better next time. And one of the things we've learned, especially with, with presenting to the CEO, well, I could, I could tell you some of these things. How do you prepare to go in and present to the CEO and ensure that successful meeting?
1: So I know our programs inside and out. So the different initiatives that get aligned for uh, for me to go make sure it gets executed effectively We have prep meetings with the rockers that are going to be in there. Rackers are our employees. Um, We go ahead and we have the prep meetings, making sure everybody's aligned, we know what the messaging is. And I'll typically lead the presentation or lead the meeting to make sure that everything's running smoothly and saying, okay, this is where we are. And then to make sure that things stay on track. So now I have it pretty much down. I've been presenting for about the past two years. So I don't do as much of the rehearsals that we would do, but at the very beginning of it, it would be regular rehearsal sessions of, okay, let's make sure that this runs through very smoothly because time is everything. Time is of the essence, and you want to make sure you get your message across effectively.
0: Yeah. So true. Now, I was looking at uh, a report from, let's see who did this one, uh, Tech Radius did a 2021 women in tech report. And a few of the sound bites that are in here are things like uh, COVID-19 has, has put uh, severely impacted women who are working in tech. Women in, uh, in tech uh, tend to carry more of the household uh, now women in tech are divided with their impact of the remote work. There's still bro culture to have to deal with. Now, uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about you is when you come to a meeting, you get you. And that may be you, um, the tech executive. It may be you, the tech mom. Uh, you know, we're, we're able to see behind you uh, a lot of artwork that I don't think is your own. Um, it was probably your son's. And, uh, and then recently, you know, while you're there working, uh, you had uh, your your son caught COVID, and into uh, our little Teams channel you sent out a video. And I wanted to, uh, with your permission, of course, I wanted to show that video to everyone uh, right now because I think it it um, it makes a very interesting point that I want to make sure we cover today. So, so producer Daniel, let's roll that video. Wait, what was that? You gotta
1: get a lot more calls. Am I on a lot of calls? Mm-hmm.
0: So so there's your young son and, uh, sick with COVID, and he was not off hiding in his room at this point, was he? No, he no. wasn't. So you're, you're in the middle of presenting to Kevin and the like and, and other rackers around the world. And literally, where was John at that point when he was, he was doing that?
1: He was right behind my desk. So I have another desk in so my office used to be a crafting room before COVID. And we put his little toddler bed underneath the desk and he just will either chill there with mom while I'm working and he has a reading corner on the side. So he'll grab a book or he'll be on his tablet and he will tell me I need to work harder or I need to get on more calls. (laughs) And he runs a very tight shift here at the Campbell household.
0: So, so. So that's a great example of how you balance it. But how what are some of the struggles? How does that how does that work into your day? How do you deal with making sure that, you know, all of the stuff that needs to get done from a corporate perspective happens, but all the important stuff of a mom still can get done as well?
1: So my husband and I had a very so my husband is self-employed. So he is a CPA. And right now we're going to get ready to get in the heart attack season. And he's a tax CPA. Um, we've had a very long conversation about both of our careers and how we can try to balance it. So I'm very fortunate to have an amazing partner alongside Mm -hmm. me that will support me. So if I do have a pretty large presentation that I need to make sure we have like good focus on, I'll be like, Hey, this is my big presentation. Can you make sure to go on duty? And so he's like, gotcha. And then vice versa, if he has a call with a client that they're going to be going into a pretty like, or prepping for a big audit or something within his world. And um, he'll go ahead and tell me, hey, I'm going to be on phone with the IRS. Can you make sure you got him? Got him. But if I am on a call with our CEO or I'm on a call with our chief product officer or any of our C-levels, they are all amazing and they'll stop. And they'll stop me to actually have a conversation with him. Hey, is that a dinosaur in your shirt? What dinosaur is your favorite? And they include him in the conversation or they'll invite him over that. Hey, why don't you go hang out with mom? And then we can go ahead and we can all talk. So I hardwire in because technology likes to fail sometimes. So when that happens and my um, AirPods go out, I'll have my headphones in, I'll unplug and then they'll talk to him and include... Uh, include me into the conversation right. pretty much. So it's been awesome to have that culture and the other big pieces. Rackspace really has become, to me, they've always been a very much um, family friendly environment, but this just really goes to prove even more so that I was on a call with Josh, um, our CPO, and my son came running in here playing and went boom. And, um, And with a sword hit me with a sword and then took off running out and everybody thought it was like the funniest thing ever.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. Um, Yeah. It's uh, we used to be so particular about all of uh, our, our, our backgrounds and our people coming in and all of that before COVID kicked in. And now you just kind of get what you get. Um, uh, Santosh makes a comment and you mentioned mentors a couple of times, and I thought it would be great to uh, maybe talk about mentoring a little bit more. And that is, this is getting a mentor is very critical for growing growth. It blooms your confidence. Great to see women in tech. Um, so how did you first start or seeking out a mentor? Who, how did, how did you go about that process?
1: So when I first started at Rockspace, one of my first leaders, Carlton Martindale, um, he went ahead and told me that, hey, it's going to be very important for you to have a mentor and to learn to grow. And that he saw something in me that he wanted to make sure would continue that down that path. And my other leader, Bobby Henry, who is our senior manager at the time, he said the same thing. And he lined me up with uh, one of our female VPs to sit with me, talk with me about different group career and growth paths. Um, so they've really kickstarted it for me. And then from there, I started finding mentors of my own that would help me grow because I saw them and their success. and. I wanted to learn how do they do it? And mind you, I'm almost a 10-year rocker. And when I started here, I didn't have kiddos then. And in my mind's like, okay, you're super successful and awesome. How can I grow up to be like you? And so Heather, I mean, I'll just throw a few names out. I can, but like Heather Arrington, Liz Maya, Christine Kovelson, you heard me mention her name a few times. Um, And Melissa Rente, Michelle Peterson, like, I have an amazing list of female leaders who have helped guide me along the way and really teach me to stand up for, hey, what are your non-negotiables? What's important to you? What do you see in your career path? Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've learned from our CEO as well is there isn't necessarily one straight path that you can go on for Mm -hmm. your career, that you can go to different parts of the business and learn and be a people leader or an IC, an individual contributor, and kind of bounce around for your own personal growth as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us will get, get wrapped up in the fact that, hey, I work in this department, or I only work with this technology, or I only lead these types of people. And somebody who really is interested in, in growth, then really, I think, needs to be open to the fact that whether you're, you're officially managing thousands or indirectly leading thousands you know, which is, I would say a position that you find yourself in at this point. Um, There's, there's absolutely something to be learned all along the way. I love the advice you got around what are your non-negotiables? Was that, was that challenging to work through, or has that, has that list for you of non-negotiables in your life kind of morphed over time?
1: It's morphed. So it has morphed over time of, okay, this is what I want. And this is, this is what's important to me. And to be able to go in and clearly articulate that with leaders, it's in within the different positions that I've worked in, I've been told by the leaders that, hey, that's awesome that you know what you want, and it's awesome that you are very that you're not afraid to say it. So building up that kind of confidence as well is something that my mentors have helped me go through and not just saying, I only have the female mentors, but I also have male mentors too. So Mm -hmm. like Josh was one of my mentors, still is one of my mentors. You are one of them. (laughs) I -hmm. talked to him like Jeff, I need to bounce an idea off. (laughs) Can we go ahead and talk really quick? So having, um, and then, I have a bunch of the leaders all throughout the globe that I can ping and talk to Rodrigo or Sean Gervin, who leads our acquisition and Canada team. So going ahead and having like my own little tech council that I can bounce ideas off of, talk to and know that they're going to be there to help support me and to help guide me.
0: So, I mean, we, mentors we can look at in two different ways. The first is they're the people who are going to give us some advice on what we should do when we have a question. But ultimately, what you're cultivating with a mentor is you're building this cheerleading squad who are, who are your advocates and want to see you succeed, especially as you, you know, ask their advice and execute against their advice. You become... Uh, uh, they become your cheerleading squad, which is every every individual needs to have because not every day is the easiest day. So, with that, Jackie, kind of one of our last last questions I wanted to ask is: um, now you're talking to the next Jackie, who's you know coming out of out, coming out of college, coming maybe out of grad school. Um, you know, what advice do you have for those new rackers or new women entering the workforce? Take charge of your career and know
1: that you. Don't think because you don't know something that you can't do it or you're not qualified to do it. You can learn it. And it all goes into the attitude that you take with you of I'm going to learn this, I'm going to be able to do it. And know that you'll have the support alongside you. So going ahead, I see Megan saying Megan. talking to me. <laughs> but that's the biggest thing. Like own your career path. I had lead I had my Um, one of my college professors in it tell me, Hey, you're really good at this. You should look at majoring in it. And I was like, Mm. "What? no. And I didn't believe in myself. And now Mm. like I messaged him like, "Uh, so guess what I do? (laughs) So (laughs) It all changes. So (laughs) definitely have the confidence in your own ability and don't ever think. And I take the advice. My parents are my guiding star. They helped me throughout my entire life and career. Um, and just I carry the advice they've always given me. Never think a question is too silly to ask. Just go ahead and ask it anyway, because I guarantee you most people in the room have the same question.
0: And look at you now. Jackie, thank you so much for being on the live program today. Uh, just even by looking at the uh, the comments as we've gone, you have really, I think, reached a bunch of uh, of people here today. And, uh, and I'm grateful that you went out on the ledge and did something a little outside of your comfort zone, and uh, and got on with our, our good live friends today.
1: No, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. Thank you, everyone, for the kind comments as well. And, and I really appreciate you pulling me out of my comfort zone. So
0: absolutely. So folks, I volunteer
1: everybody else.
0: There you go. So this is the first uh, the first of our Women in Tech Tuesday. So you can look for more of these the first Tuesday of every month or maybe any Tuesday. We'll see how it goes. And uh, I hope everybody has an amazing rest of your, your week. Uh, we're supposed to be back here on Thursday. but I'm having a question mark on my guest. So we'll see how that turns out. Everyone, have a great rest of your day. Jack, thanks so much for being here. And uh, well, I guess I'll see you in the next meeting. I'll
1: see you in the next one. <laughs> Bye, Jack.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cloud Talk Live. Now, here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Now, this was a live event which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8:30 AM Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to watch us there and join the conversation live with us. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, I'd encourage you to do so and maybe even give us one of those five star reviews. These episodes can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, I'm Jeff Deverter for Cloud Talk and Cloud Talk Live.